0: Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast, your source for all things running and travel in super fun destinations around the world. We're your hosts, Gerald Mitchell
1: and Natalie Mitchell.
0: So, Nat, who are we talking to and where are we going this week?
1: This week, it is our extreme pleasure to welcome professional runner Paige Stoner to the show. Paige is coming off her hugely impressive marathon debut at the Marathon Project on December 20th in a blazing time of 228.43. Paige's amazing performance landed her the distinction of becoming the fastest American woman under the age of 25 to run a marathon. Paige trains with the Reebok Boston Track Club in Charlottesville, Virginia, and at the age of 24, already has a very accomplished resume.
0: In this conversation, we chat with Paige about her life as a pro runner, the upcoming Olympic trials, and how she's feeling post-marathon. We recorded with her just six days after the marathon project. Then we dive into her life in Charlottesville, including her favorite places to run, where she loves to have a great meal, the history of Charlottesville, and so much more.
1: All right, friends, please enjoy our conversation with... Paige Stoner.
2: Paige, we are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here and just welcome and congratulations on your amazing success this year. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, no, I'm just excited to to dive right in and talk to you about your amazing performance at the Marathon Project last weekend six days out. Well, first I want, I wanted to ask you how you're feeling, and then we're going to talk about all the accolades and all the wonderful things that you've done
3: in that race. But how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good now. I was pretty banged up the couple days after um, stairs were really difficult for the first, I would say the first three days after the race, Um, my quads were pretty destroyed, but um, yeah, I'm coming around now and feeling pretty normal. (laughs) awesome oh my gosh okay
2: so page 228 43 seventh place in your debut marathon makes you the fastest woman under 25 to debut in a marathon that is huge how are you feeling like mentally are you excited and has it really hit you the you know the magnitude of what you've just done
3: yeah i'm pretty pumped about it um my goal going in was to run under 230 and I thought that would be pretty challenging. So to come um, you know, finish 228. Um yeah, I was I was stoked and then yeah, it's just kind of a, a fun fact, the under 25 thing, a little bonus um to add to the resume. But yeah, I am definitely really excited and just, you know, has lit a fire in me for sure to continue pursuing the marathon.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that I was just that's just an amazing way to start. But, you know, looking back at your impressive running resume, I mean, you know, you have the speed, you know, I mean, from being such a fast steeple chaser and, you know, cross country runner and all the things that you've done. I mean, coming runner up in the USATF 2020 cross country championships. I mean, so you've had all this development time to like really, you know, hone your speed and How do you feel like that that really set you up to run such a fast marathon starting out?
3: Yeah, I think that is super helpful. I think you see that in the track too a lot of times where you'll have maybe someone who's a really fantastic 800 or 1500 meter runner and they jump up to the 5k and have, you know, really a ton of success pretty quickly. And, um, I think, maybe sometimes speed is something that's a little more difficult to develop than the aerobic side of things. So if you already have that speed and you're bumping up um to a longer distance, of course you have to, you know, increase mileage and do some longer long runs and tempos and whatnot, but it can be really helpful when uh, you know, coming from those races where yeah, you do have that speed, then 540 pace doesn't feel so difficult. Um so yeah, it's I think helpful for sure.
0: Now, I actually wanted to ask a, a kind of a selfish question because we have a 13 year old who's going into high school next year, and we've been doing you've mm-hmm. been doing track and cross country, and so i've kind of been along that train uh, train of thought that you're, that you're on or sh- you've shown works and so many other like um, marathoners that come in they make a big splash because they've come from more of a speed background distances and yeah. I'm kind of like, okay, track, 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 track. Like you said, 400, 800 the mile, stay right there because you can, uh, at whatever point, take it longer. Do you feel like that is, you know, a trend or just kind of a, there's a precedent for that? I mean, obviously you've done it and I feel like I've seen others as well.
3: Yeah, I think you're thinking the right way personally. I mean, I'm sure everyone has a different opinion on it, but I would agree with you where I think it's really important to work on the speed, especially when you're younger. And I think that's something where if you, I don't know if you were only doing those longer races as a kid and then tried to start developing your speed later on, I would say that would be the more difficult way to go about it. I think, I think it's better to work on your speed when you're younger and then your body can handle the longer mileage stuff better when you're older anyways. So yeah I would say the speed doing faster stuff um probably is more fun one um and you won't uh or will keep your body a little fresher when you're younger than adding in a ton of mileage right away yeah
2: I think you know and our son he is he wants to be fast he wants to run the speed stuff and he he's been exposed to both like he does a lot of trail running with us and a lot of road running and, and things but when it comes to like Let's run really fast down the street or let's run really fast on the track. That's what excites him. So I think that's a good, yeah, that's a good piece of advice. So now I wanted to ask you going into the, it's an Olympic year coming up in 2021 now, and the Olympic trials are coming up. What do you, what event do you think you're going to focus on? Because you're an amazing steeplechaser too. Yeah, that's kind
3: of what I'm thinking. I think I'm probably going to jump back down to steeplechase. I just have a ton of fun with that event. I love it. And um, kind of coming off my seventh place finish at the US Championship back in 2019, um, I felt like I had like a so-so day, and I think, you know, I have a lot to prove there. Um, So, yeah, and I've had some success in the 5K and 10K as well, but ultimately, I just find the Chase to be my favorite. So um, that's kind of what I'm thinking right now, at least. Awesome. Well, we're going to be
2: cheering you on, Paige. You're going to do some amazing mm-hmm. things. So we're excited to see your career grow. And yeah, that's really, really cool. So I wanted mm-hmm. to, we wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, I know you're with the Reebok Boston Track Club, and Colin Benny and, and Marty Heher are your teammates. And I wanted to ask you guys, how how did you end up in Charlottesville?
3: Yeah, that's a great question because everyone thinks we're based in Boston, which is understandable given our name. Um, But Art Cooks, um, I believe he's from West Virginia, and he is just really familiar with the Virginia, West Virginia area. Um, And when he was starting the group, he um, kind of, I guess, was given – the power over where exactly we were going to be based. I think they had thought we would just be based in Boston, but coach Fox um, coming from coaching in Syracuse, I think knows how difficult it can be to train through those Northeast kind of winters um, and was looking to maybe get away from that. I think he is a little bit done with the, the crazy winters. And um, so, yeah, just being familiar with the Charlottesville and knowing there's a lot of great areas to run there and that the, the winters would be a little more mild, I think, is kind of what took us there.
0: Yeah. How long have you been there now?
3: So I moved there after graduating from Syracuse in 2019. So I moved, I think it was September 2019. So a little over a year.
0: Okay. Okay. Getting familiar with everything so far.
3: Yeah. 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 Well, You
2: know, I wanted to ask you, before we dive into all the fun stuff about Charlottesville, because we can't wait to get your take on it. It's just really cool to see you and your teammates. You guys absolutely crushed it. I mean, Marty won the race. And (laughs) Holland came in third. And, I mean, and then your amazing um, debut performance. So, There's obviously a magic formula going on in Charlottesville. (laughs) Run there. And like for you personally, how many miles were you running per week for this buildup?
3: Yeah, I was, um, so we did a half marathon, I guess about six weeks before the marathon and before the half marathon, I was running between 90 to 95 miles a week. And then after the half jumped up to a hundred miles, had one week at 110. That was my highest week. And um, uh, and then maybe three more weeks after that one, where I was around 105. Um,
0: So yeah, it was a big,
3: it was a pretty big mileage jump for me. I'm used to like 70s, maybe low 80s when I'm racing track stuff. Um, And I was really pleased with how my body handled it. At first, kind of before the half, I was feeling a little bit tired and just noticing I was having to take my easy days a lot easier than I'm used to. And yeah, I just had some days where I was feeling a little run down, but then um, luckily I think kind of right around the time after the half where we increased it a little again, my body just seems to have adapted and um, I handled it pretty well after that.
2: Yeah, you ran fourth place. You came in fourth place at that Michigan Pro Half Marathon, which I watched it, and there was some really great performances. And it was just neat. I mean, you know, 2020 has been such a crazy year with not being able to race very much. And I know for the pros, like you guys, you know, you have to race and kind of hone your skills. So it was really neat to watch that race. And, um, you know, you ran the 111 and came in fourth. So coming off of that, and then going back to the 100 plus miles a week, were you running twice a day for your workouts and or getting your mileage? How, how did that look?
3: Yes, I was running twice a week, Monday through Friday, um, which again, just mentally was like just a little difficult, you know, I'm used to two or three days a week. So all of a sudden, it's like, you know, every day is a double day, except those weekend days and Saturdays are our, our long run day. So of course, you know that was a around 20 mile day. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a lot more than I was used to, but, um, I really did end up enjoying it. And, you know, just some of those second runs in the afternoon were very slow. You know, I felt like I was crawling along, but I got them in.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. And I wanted to ask you too, with you, with the, your Reebok Boston track club, with you guys together as teammates, you run like pretty much every day together or do you have some days where you train alone? How does that work?
3: Yes, yeah, so um for the marathon, we were working out on Wednesdays and then we would usually have some sort of workout within our long run on Saturdays. Um so we typically we always meet on workout and long run days and then usually two or three other days of the week we will also meet just for our easy run. So usually we'll, we'll have one weekday where we don't meet as a team. And then we never meet on Sundays.
2: Oh, that's nice. It's like a nice yeah. rest day. Do you still just run easy by yourself on Sundays?
3: Yeah, I really enjoy Sundays. Um, I, I usually sleep in and um, during non-pandemic times that go to church in person um, I've been missing being able to to do that, but, but um, yeah. And then I usually hold off and just do my really. It's usually just a really easy, like thirty or forty minute run, and I'll usually end up doing that at two or three in the afternoon, which oh. is nice. Yeah, that's
2: really nice. I love Sundays. Yeah. Well, we wanted to ask you. I, I really I'm excited about Charlottesville because I don't know a lot about Virginia. I mean, I feel like now, like being in the running world, I'm starting to hear about it a little bit more, and all I can all I've heard so far is that it's a great place to run and it's really hilly. So what's, what's it like running in Charlottesville and, and tell us what's your favorite place running route, your favorite running route to run in, in Charlottesville
3: It is yes, it's extremely hilly. Um, it's difficult to get a true, you know, easy flat recovery run in. So where, where our headquarters are where we do meet on non-workout days as a team um we will run down to this river trail called the ravana trail and it's beautiful it's right along the river and that trail it runs around the whole city i can't remember exactly how many miles but i want to say it's somewhere between like 30 to 40 miles worth of trail that just runs around the city um but yeah we just run like this one section of it that's close to where our headquarters are. And that's the easiest way for us to get in a somewhat flat run. Um, but my favorite run is probably, our, or I, it's kind of hard to choose between the two, but we have two different long run locations. Um, the more famous one is probably Dick Woods Road. Um, it's this dirt road and super hilly, um, but it just runs through all these beautiful farmlands. And so some really spectacular views and you're kind of looking out at the um, Shenandoah Blue Ridge Ridge Mountains. Um, So yeah, just a beautiful, beautiful run. And we run into a lot of people from different high schools or yeah, just recreational runners from the surrounding areas out there. So that's a really nice spot. And then the other spot is out in Louisa which is also about 25, 30 minutes outside of Charlottesville. And again, similar, just kind of, you know, a more rural area um, rolling dirt road. But yeah, Coach Fox, he loves hills. He will seek them out and um, loves to surprise us with a a new workout venue. That's just, it's, you just, anytime he has picked out a spot, you know, um, it's going to be really challenging he kept saying it was funny throughout this buildup because it was going to be, you know, a very flat course. So he kept saying like, oh, you know, come the beginning of November, we'll start running flatter workouts over. And then it was like, okay, November 15th, we're going to start running flatter. And he just kept pushing it back. And we were like, we're going to start doing flat runs. And um, I never, maybe we got a few in, but really he kept it pretty hilly throughout the whole thing. So.
2: Yeah. They say that hills pay the bills. I guess that's the the thing that I've heard a lot. And I, I guess that's true. I mean, you know, even on those days where we're like, oh, I don't want to, but I think, you know, it really does make us stronger. Wouldn't you say? Yeah,
3: absolutely. I, I, we ran a lot of hills in Syracuse as well. And I always felt that, um, you know, you just get super strong. And then when you do get on a track or you get in a flat road race, you're just like, man, this is easy. And, um, when you're used to having to, yeah, do a long run or workout where there's um, just one hill after another. Yeah,
2: no, that's awesome. No, it sounds like a beautiful place to yeah, run. Uh,
0: yeah, with those, now when you say farmlands uh, that you're running through, are, is, are we talking like cows and sheep or, or something like a lot, like livestock, or is it mostly just crops that you're running past?
3: No, it's a lot of livestock, lots of cows. Horses, yep, sheep, donkeys, um, pigs, so yeah, got it all.
0: (laughs) Cool. So at least it's entertaining uh, visually as well as with the running as well. Yes. (laughs) That's cool.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and that's something that you know, especially for pro runners, and I mean recreational runners too. I mean, it really saves your body to be able to have a lot access to a lot of dirt trails. I mean, wouldn't you Mm -hmm. say?
3: Yeah, I would say almost all of our workout locations and both of our long runs are on dirt roads primarily. And I definitely feel like, yeah, it keeps um, just, yeah, your body feeling fresher and um, definitely lowers the chances of injuries. So that's something we try to do as much as we can. All right, you guys, everybody
2: listening, you heard it from Paige. Run on dirt as much as you can.
3: <laughs> Work your ass. So then
2: you can be a, a little bit, as a quarter of uh, a way as faster as as fast as, uh, as, as Paige. <laughs>
3: um, okay.
0: Yeah. And I was, you you mentioned too that uh, one at least one or two of those were maybe 20, 30 minutes outside the city. Um, mm-hmm. Is that typical where you'll take a, a quick you know mini road trip just a few minutes outside the city or do you find some of them are – are there good places to run right in the main area of Charlottesville that you that you do every once in a while?
3: Yeah, most of those dirt roads are, yeah, 20- to 30-minute drive from the city. There really aren't any dirt roads right in town. Um, so I would say the best place to run right in Charlottesville proper is that Ravana Trail system, which is not – It's not a dirt road, but it's, you know, a dirt trail. Um, And there's also a bike path portion um, near that, the section of the Ravana that we run on. Um, It's called the Riverview Park. So there's also, yeah, there's a bike path there that's about two and a half miles long and then connects to the um, soft surface trail. So, yeah, I would say within town, your best bet is the Ravana. So I wanted to
2: ask you, like, you know, what, like, a special, like, special places of interest in, in Charlottesville? Like, if someone comes to visit, like, where would you direct them? Or where's some place that they have to see? I mean, I know the University of Virginia is there, and it sounds like a beautiful place, but where, what makes it stand out?
3: Yeah, if you are a history buff or Yeah, even, I don't know, I'm not someone who's super into history, but I still found this super cool was um, the Thomas Jefferson's home, Monticello. You can go and tour that and they have a lot of the original artifacts um, from, yeah, his time there. So that's pretty neat place. Um, The downtown mall is beautiful, has a lot of great shopping places and restaurants. Um, And then Charlottesville is really known for its vineyards. So there's a lot of wineries in the area um, as well as some good breweries too.
2: That's really cool. I never knew that Um, Charlotte still had wineries. That's so interesting.
3: There's a lot, a lot of them.
2: Very cool. Okay. So that'll be something fun for people to do after they go for a run maybe, or, you know, maybe they want to do a little wine tasting afterwards.
0: Well, and for me, after the run – I'm always interested in the eats. So I would love to hear <laughs> about it, whether it's breakfast or like your after Sunday run. if you were going to go out, where mm-hmm. might you go in, in, in better, more open times? <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, my, I love breakfast. And my favorite breakfast spot is on the downtown mall that I mentioned. It's called the Nook um so yes i'm a big pancake person so they have great pancakes but i've tried some other things as well and i have um not gone wrong there everything's great so i definitely recommend the nook and then i also love italian food so my favorite italian spot is vivace it's um i think i'm pronouncing that correctly it's v-i-v-a-c-e um so really good pizza and pasta there. Um, there's another pizza place in town called Lampo that is a favorite of everyone's. Um, yeah. I think there's a bakery that's really great for brunch or just stopping in for like a coffee and pastry called Marie Bette. Um mm. Everything there is phenomenal.
0: <laughs>
2: cool. Sounds so good. I'm always, I have a bit of a sweet tooth, so I'm like, Okay, little... <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. always a question. Like, okay, where is the best place for dessert after we've had dinner? <laughs> um, and do you find uh, – so I have to ask, as a pancake connoisseur myself, what's your favorite pancake or or style or type?
3: Oh, yeah. Ooh, I I love them all. I'm a sucker for chocolate chip, um, <laughs> and I love sweet potato pancakes as well. Ooh, okay.
2: yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And sweet potatoes are, like, a runner's staple. Like, we always have sweet potatoes in our pantry. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds like a yeah. power food. <laughs> yes, for sure. That's
0: Ooh. awesome. And now with you, uh, UVA being there, do is, is, you feel like Charlottesville is just, like, a, a huge college town with that whole vibe? Or does it have a mix of, you know, type of energy there? Because it just seems like like it would be a big college vibe there.
3: Yeah, it's definitely got the college town feel for sure. Um, The downtown mall that I mentioned is kind of interesting because that is uh, kind of a couple miles from the university. So that doesn't have as much of the like college downtown feel. Um, But you can um, go there as well for concerts in the summer. There's a big pavilion. Um, So obviously it was bummed this past summer, you know, that wasn't going on. So that's something to look forward to in the future. Uh, but then over by the university there is they do have of course their like university strip it's called The Corner so there's some more restaurants over there and um, yeah it just kind of depends where you are in the town I think how close you are to the university of course but um, there are definitely sections where it doesn't have quite as much as the university feel and I think when you yeah make those drives out to some of like the wine country like I was mentioning that kind of stuff then it is um, a little less college town. Um, and another thing I think to bring up is the Shenandoah National Park is just like a 20, 20 to like 40 minutes drive depending on which entrance you're going to from the city. So if you're an outdoors enthusiast beyond running, I mean, you can do some great trail runs there, but they're, you know, it's primarily a lot of hiking. So that's a gorgeous area to check out. Ooh.
2: I'm so thank you, Paige, yeah. for bringing that up because I didn't realize the whole lay of the land there. But um, you know, we love to go to national parks and like kind of we're trying to make our way through all of them at some point. So that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to. We we'll yeah. definitely have to go to the Shenandoah National Park.
0: Yeah, yes, and then
2: that's mm. so cool. And we're gonna like come and um. We'll call you so we can go on a run with you, but you'll have to slow down for us. Yeah,
0: take us on an easy day.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We'll do. I would love that. (laughs)
2: That's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about races. So, um, like, you know, for the, like, local racing community or, like, races that maybe you'd I don't know if you jump into any local races to kind of tune up and things, but, like, what would you recommend as far as um, fun races?
3: There's the Charlottesville 10-Miler. So I – I think it's typically in May I could be wrong um but since yeah it didn't happen in 2020 I'm not totally sure what normally is. but I've heard it's a very hilly course I mean it has to be like you, there's hills everywhere in Charlottesville so um I think it's pretty challenging but I've heard they get a good crowd for it and it's a lot of fun so I think that would be if you're trying to pick a race to um come visit and do that would be the one
0: well, cool how about accommodations? Now, there's everything from, you know, just a quick apartment, house rental, vacation rental, or are there any historic hotels that, you that you know, are the cool things to do or see, Or you know, in terms of places to stay?
3: Yeah, there's certainly a lot of Airbnbs and hotels, with it being the university. Of course, there are a lot of hotels around. Um, as far as historical places, Um, I'm, yeah, you got me thinking maybe the Monticello, Thomas Jefferson, I would bet they have um, somewhere historic that you can stay near the the house there. Um, There's also the James Madison um, house, or no, James Monroe, I think. There's also that house that you can tour. So one of the two, or maybe both would have some kind of historic home, I bet. So that's something I'd have to look more into.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I just imagine like there's some old like house from like the 17 or 1800s that's still there, and they keep it working, and it's like oh, let's go back in time, kind of a feel or something <laughs> like that. That would yeah, be point sure. in or something.
3: Yeah. Or
2: have you like like if you've had family come to visit or friends come to visit, do you direct them to a certain place, historical or not, yeah. but a certain place to stay when they come?
3: My parents usually either stay in a hotel or they have also done an Airbnb. So I think, yeah, you kind of just whatever you prefer there, but there's certainly a lot of options.
2: Yeah, awesome. Um, Okay, so we know Charlottesville is, you know, you're on the East, you're on the East Coast and, or not right on the coast, but you're in the East. And so you get all the seasons, um, which I think is really beautiful, but what's your favorite season?
3: Definitely fall. Yeah, fall. This, honestly, training for this marathon, we could not have had better weather the entire time. I think September, October, November are probably the best running months in Charlottesville. It's just a lot of 50, 60 degrees. Um, And the summer, the summer was pretty brutal. I'm not gonna lie that uh, (laughs) June through August (laughs) um, was probably the hottest weather I've ever trained in. And just, you know, it's incredibly humid so that was tough but outside of that like you know it'll be pretty cold January February when I go back now but um by March it'll be warming up again so it's just a quick winter and the spring is also very nice but yeah I would say fall is the best time of year in Charlottesville
2: okay I have two questions about this because you know us runners we have to talk about the, the weather it's all about the conditions oh yeah okay so now I imagine what you were saying, like it's super hot and humid in the summer. So are you running at like before dawn or what, when are you getting your training in with that kind of weather?
3: Yeah, we were, we were just going a little bit earlier than we would typically. So typically we'll start our workouts around nine in the morning. So in the summer uh, we were kind of like checking the weather to see just how bad it was going to be. But we had a lot of days where we were starting our workouts around seven, seven 30, um, we never did the, like, I know there are people, yeah, in the true South who get up at five in the summer, whatever it takes to, you know, beat the sun coming out. And we don't have to go quite to that dress drastically. Although there were some days where even at seven o'clock I was wishing we had been up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we still have a pretty good com- compared to, you know, further South. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I just want to say, okay, that um start time for your workout sounds like heaven to me. I mean, 9am, right? It's like you have time to like wake up and like have something to eat and like, you know, prep your body. And so that sounds like the best time to go for a run to me.
0: Yeah. Much less <laughs> yeah, <serious laughs> on the mind and body than like you said, five or seven I or know. something like that. But yeah, I guess if you need to beat the heat, you need to beat the heat.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're pretty spoiled, but I will say my teammate Marty, who won the marathon, he was, you know, I think a lot of people know now that he's um, getting his his doctor degree and um, was doing a clinical clinical stuff his first month of training for the marathon, and yeah, he was starting workouts at like five, 5 thirty a.m. So. It can be done. You can still get in really quality training if you have to get up early. He has certainly proven that.
0: Absolutely. He has
3: certainly
2: proven that. I mean, he has a family and, you know, going to medical school and then doing this incredible, his incredible performances, um, you know, at the Olympic trials. And then, of course, last weekend. So, yeah, he's definitely proving that you can, like, juggle a lot of things in your life and still churn out some awesome running times. So. Yeah, that's what I love that you guys are are teammates. And, I mean, your coach has got to be stoked. I mean, what an amazing um,
0: group. Group, group. yeah. Yeah,
3: Yeah, he's pretty thrilled. And the marathon is, I think, probably his favorite event. That was his best event when he was running professionally. So he just loves it. You can tell how um, excited he is throughout the whole training block. You know, he just was very enthusiastic. (laughs)
2: Well, I, and I, okay, before, I know you probably have another question about Charlottesville, but before, hold on, because I have this thought, and I want to ask you this, um, so you've obviously proven that the, you're so good at the marathon, what do you think that you want to do going forward, do you think that you're going to wait to, like, you know, specialize in, in the marathon, or do you want to do, um, run some more marathons, you know, in the near future, or what do you, what are you thinking about that?
3: Yeah, I think after, you know, we'll see how the track season goes and how long, um, the track season goes for me this spring summer. But, um, beyond that, hopefully road racing, you know, more road races will begin to open up again. And so I, I can see myself getting back on the roads in the fall. And if there's an opportunity to maybe run the uh, Chicago or Boston or New York, that's something I would certainly love to do. So yeah, I could see myself, you know, maybe, late 2021 hopping
2: in another one awesome well we'll be cheering for you for sure paige
0: yes now i just wanted to contrast the early morning or not super early but like the the morning workout with the charlottesville question if and when what do you do in the evenings in terms of i hate to say nightlife but that's just the, the way it is i mean is there much because one is it's it's twenty twenty. Two, you have been on a tear in terms of training, so you actually may not have that much <laughs> insight on the quote unquote nightlife in Charlottesville. But it's something we just talked about in terms of like, you know, not not so much like you know crazy party stuff, but just you know like a, a more evening lounge restaurant that kind of thing. Or are you just like I have no clue because I'm in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> totally fine. I, it. I certainly have not experienced much um as you guessed but um i think that the downtown mall is an awesome place in the summer because you can sit outside there's a lot of outdoor seating and just live music with the pavilion right there and the concerts so that's certainly really big and then i would say yeah the breweries i know like Three Notch Brewery, that's a really popular place. Um, Pippin Hill Vineyard and Babersville Vineyard are two places I've been that just have gorgeous views. Um, so those are great spots. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the main scene, but I'm yet to experience much. <laughs> yeah, maybe what you've heard
0: from, for, from some of your non as intense running friends, but... Um, but yeah, because I just imagine like when you're talking about the summers, the one thing I've always enjoyed about the South and or in, in the East Coast where you get warmer summers um, is those nights where you're sitting out, whether it's dinner or drinks or whatever the case may be. And you can be out in, in, under the stars and you don't have to feel like you're bundling up because as a Californian, I grew up in Northern California and in many places on the coast. I don't care how nice it is during the day, you want to start bundling up as the temperatures, you know, they're gonna drop in the at night. And I've always enjoyed that about
3: uh
0: south to be able to do that and keep the t-shirt on or whatever.
3: Yeah, no, it's certainly I do love that. The the times that I do get to like stay out a little later and yeah, just a summer night where yeah, it's still 70, 80 degrees at 10 o'clock. It's um, a great time for a night out and just, yeah, being able to enjoy the the outdoors um, all evening is great. Yeah. That's awesome. So now,
2: Paige, you are also a coach with Run Free Training, which I'm also on that team. And so tell us about um, your coaching and kind of like that whole aspect, how you got into coaching and a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, I think coaching is something I started taking an interest in in college, just Really um, kind of inspired by Coach Fox and our other um, – well, Coach Fox and then our assistant coach at Reebok is Coach Smith. Um, he also came from the Syracuse program. And then as well as Brian Bell at Syracuse, who was primarily the women's coach. All three of them really are just great coaches and great people and um, just kind of inspired me and got me thinking, you know, is this something I would like doing as a career? and um, so yeah, I kind of pick their brains about different things and training and the ins and outs of it all and the whys behind why we do everything. And, um, just thought that that would maybe be a career down the road for me. I didn't know really, and I'm still kind of figuring out at what level I would like to do that. If that is something I continue to pursue after running, but, um, the opportunity kind of presented itself just, um, through knowing Ryan Hall and talking to him and, he had mentioned to me that they were going to start up this run free. And if I had an interest in coaching that they were probably going to need to bring on some more coaches at some point. So he reached out to me, I think it was like back in March and uh, I was really, really excited about the possibility. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And I am currently coaching four women and it's been a ton of fun and just, um, grateful that they've been trusting me with kind of I've told them they're kind of my guinea pigs you know in some ways because (laughs) they are my first athletes but I like to think I do have you know I'm not I told them I'm not I promise I'm not totally just throwing throwing training at the wall here you know or making total guesses I have been doing some reading and obviously you know have some you know wisdom coming from those great coaches that I mentioned so it's been a lot of fun that's awesome
2: um I wanted to ask you like what's the number one piece of advice that you're giving to your athletes and that people listening can kind of take away from your coaching philosophy? Oh,
3: that's a great question. Um, I think two things I I think are really important. And one is something you hear a lot, but it's just that your hard days should be really hard and your easy days need to be really easy. And, it's something that I've just gotten better at as my career has gone on and took me a long time to learn something that at Syracuse coach Fox is always on me about. Cause he, I think just knew that I was someone who was known for maybe going a little too quick on those easy days. And he was just always telling me run, run slow, run slow. Um, so yeah, I think that's just as important. You know, you're not going to be ready for those, those hard sessions if you aren't recovering in between them. And then, um, secondly I just think that the long run is really important I think a lot of my growth as an athlete has come from challenging challenging myself in the long run whether it be just you know adding more time or distance to it or just you know um, working you know having a, a workout within the long run but I think you can really get a lot done on that long run day so if you're someone maybe who does, you know, work full time and um, struggles to get long workouts in throughout the week. Um, I think prioritizing one of your weekend days to make a really long, hard day can really make you a better runner.
2: That's awesome advice. All right, you guys. Take this great advice from Paige, who definitely knows what she's doing. Um, Paige, before we let you go, we wanted to ask you one last question that we'd love to ask our guests. So... If you could run anywhere in the world, where would it be and
3: why? Yeah, I would love to run in Ethiopia or Kenya. Uh, I feel like I've just heard so much about how awesome it is over there and just the running culture there seems really incredible. I love that there are, you know, so many people, hundreds of people gathering in the mornings to go on runs together or, you know, show up at a track and, Um, do a workout together. Uh, So I think that would be a really incredible place to visit. And I've heard a lot about it from the halls as well. You know, obviously having adopted their four daughters there and um, they just have, you know, so many great things to say. So that would be incredible.
2: yeah we um we had the opportunity to go to ethiopia one time um to train and and well we weren't training really but we were running with some pretty incredible um athletes over there for a week and it was one of those life-changing experiences i mean in the sense that like just getting like a feel of the whole culture and how running is such a big central part of their of their culture and um I don't know. It was just a really cool experience. I know you were talking about what stood out to you, that cross-country meet.
0: Yeah, we went to a cross-country meet as spectators um, on a polo field. And there it felt like there were 500 participants from, like, literally, <laughs> like, seven years old to, like, 80-something. Because I, I remember the oldest guy was, like, 78. And the youngest and there was, like, little – I mean – <laughs> there was little kids there, and they were all running and it was just, just and it was just, it was just amazing so yeah it's definitely a big part of the culture and just part of who they are and um it was yeah, it was amazing so you'll you'll enjoy it the food the people the the whole experience, and the running and definitely up there's hills so you'll <laughs> you'll be you'll be well into that it's it
3: definitely so it yeah just uh and add what eight or nine thousand feet to to it as well.
0: Yes, we definitely took a couple of days before we did any running just to get acclimated because it was uh it was a, <laughs> it definitely took my breath away anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, it really is I mean spending that week there i' two things one, I can't wait to go back and spend more time there, and I can see what draws people there and for as far as a pro runner aspect, it really is a paradise running paradise because you have the high altitude you have dirt roads and trails everywhere in the it's so peaceful like the places where the runners you know go for their runs it's just like it really is incredible like i can understand why so many you know talented athletes come out of that country because it's a great place so to run so i love that Paige, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and for being here. We're super excited about your career and everything that you're doing in the sport and you're awesome.
3: Oh, thank you for having me on. This is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And it's um it's all again, it's always great to hear about a local city or town from a a runner's perspective. And so yours was again. Awesome, because you had some great little tidbits that I know anybody visiting Charlottesville will be happy to take away and and enjoy. So thank you again.
2: Yeah, and Paige, before we let you go too, where can people find you so they can go in and track all your progress?
3: I'm most active on Instagram, and I'm Paige stoner 11 Awesome.
2: Thanks, Paige. We hope you have an amazing weekend and we appreciate you and everything you're doing for the running community and um, have a great afternoon.
3: Thank you. You as well.
2: Okay, bye.
0: Bye. Thank Thank you.
1: A huge thank you to Paige for coming on the show. Paige, you rock and we cannot wait to see all the wonderful things you're going to do in your career. And we're going to be cheering for you so loudly at the Olympic Trials in June. Everybody, go to your phone and follow Paige on Instagram at Page Stoner 11
0: And when you're done following Paige, please give us a follow at Sweet Run, Nat Runs Far, and SweetRun.com. And if you're so inclined and you've really been enjoying the show, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Now, Nat, aren't you super excited about 2021?
1: I cannot wait for 2021
0: but you know what before we get to 2021 we have one more epic episode with a awesome runner in a great destination
1: so you guys come back on thursday for a brand new episode we cannot wait to share it with you let's close out 2020 together we'll see you then
0: we will see you then